Jeremiah is called by God to go down to the potter's house to watch the potter at work. And he observes that while the potter starts out to make a certain kind of pot, that when things go awry, not quite according to the plan, the potter merely reworks the clay into something else. I'm reminded, uh, as I read that, of one of, uh, one of my son Jack's art teachers told him that, you know, if he starts out to make something and it doesn't go the way you want, just make something else. It must be a, a truism in art <laughs> that you do that. And then God speaks to Jeremiah saying, Can I not do this with you, O house of Israel, just as the potter has done? And this particular time in Jeremiah's life is actually a nice little break for him. You see, Jeremiah has the unhappy job of letting the people of God know when God is displeased and not happy with what's going on. In fact, just prior to this, Jeremiah was commanded to stand at the gate of the city and harangue everyone about keeping the Sabbath as they walked into the city carrying a load. Uh, he just stood there and yelled at them as they walked in. I've known people like this. <laughs> and it couldn't have been a very fun job for him. And in truth, there were long lists of things that displeased God in the oracles of Jeremiah. But they all boiled down to a people forgetting that it was Yahweh who brought them thus far. They neglected to honor God, substituting other gods in place of Yahweh. Maybe the most frustrating thing to God was the fact that the people began to feel as though they didn't really need God's guidance or help. That they could form themselves without the hand of the potter. And the people of God began to just look out for themselves, forgetting that they were a people, forgetting that they were God's people. And so God called Jeremiah to let people know that these things had not gone, gone unnoticed by God and that there were consequences to the path they had chosen Namely, for the people of God, it was exile to a place where they would be forced to rely on God. To a place where they would be forced to become a people or perish. But here in chapter 18, Jeremiah has the rare opportunity to bring a bit of hope. Just as the potter has reshaped the jar into something else, so God can change course, can change the circumstances that have laid before the Creator. In other words, if my people will change their ways, God says, I also will change. It is a crossroads moment for the people of God. And I don't want to give away the ending, but further on down, 
the people of God choose to reject this bit of hope offered to Jeremiah, and they do go into exile. And Jeremiah weeps. But for me, this, this changeability offer that comes from God is really the crux of the whole story. If the people of God change, God is willing to adjust. If the circumstances change, God is there and will adjust. I don't know about you, but to me this seems like a word of hope. Not only to ancient Israel, but for us and for this church today. I know First Baptist has had plans over the years, has worked those plans, and not only once, but many times, the circumstances have changed and the plans have been thwarted. But the word of hope is that God is still at work. Through all the difficulties, through all the disappointment and the unfulfilled hopes, God has been at work. We are not the church that we expected to be five or ten years ago. We are a different shape and a different configuration. But though, but through it all, the potter is and has been at work. Shaping us, forming us, devising just the right balance of clay and water. Applying pressure here, releasing pressure there, adding and taking away. And when the form didn't quite take shape, the potter has and will continue to rework the clay. The potter is at work forming us into the church we have been called to be in this community at this time, here and now, together. So it isn't what we started out to be. So what? What we will turn out to be will be something beautiful. And more than that, something functional. You know, unlike today... Back in ancient times when Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, it wasn't an artist's shop so much as it was a place where they manufactured usable devices. And, and today, potters do the same thing, but sometimes it's so beautiful you don't dare put anything in it, right? <laughs> but functional art, something that is useful and beautiful, that's what God is going for in the church. Not something that just sits there and looks beautiful but collects dust. And not something that is just functional but not much to look at. God expects both beauty and function. But I don't want to leave you with the impression that we are just passively being manipulated into something by God. Unlike the clay that Kevin is working here for us. We are not passive, but we are active participants in what the final outcome is. This is the thing. God invites us in and helps to shape us, yet we are invited to respond, to participate, to co-create that which God is creating. 
And we can choose to be pliable, to be formable, and willing to be shaped. Or we can become hard and rigid and unwilling to bend. In chapter 19 of Jeremiah, if you were to read further, Jeremiah is told to take one of the jars made at the potter's house, one that is hard and cracked. Jeremiah is told to smash it as he stands at the gates of Jerusalem. He's told to stand at the potsherd gate (laughs) and to smash this pot, demonstrating that a hardened pot cannot be reshaped. Only broken. This was Israel's problem. They were hardened and unwilling to be reshaped. Yet I think the bigger issues for churches today is not that they are hardened, but that they are merely lumps of clay just sitting there, not doing anything. Just sitting on a passive wheel as a lump. Full of potential, but unwilling to become something beautiful, something useful, formed by the Creator. Lump of clay churches are often easy to spot. They they often just spend a lot of time longing for the past without looking at all that God is doing in the present and in the future. They make all kinds of changes in their church life, but... All the changes are so that they can stay the same. (laughs) Because in this day and age, you have to work at not changing. You have to work at staying exactly the way you are. And so, lump of clay churches will put a lot of energy into making changes that keep them exactly the same. They had the luxury of being able to fight with one another over trivial things like the colors on the wall or other unimportant things like that. Or seemingly unimportant in the grand scheme of what God is trying to do in in the presence of everything in front of us. And they have that luxury because their sense of urgency is driven by self-preservation. And I'm okay if my needs are met. And what's in it for me? Whereas churches that are willing to be formed by God, they are also easy to spot. They remember and hold out in front the reasons that they are are a church. And they don't dwell on the past, but they build on tradition. A tradition of faithfulness. A tradition of living out God's calling. They feel a sense of urgency driven by the desire to usher in God's just reign in the world around them. They are motivated by a love that transcends one's own agenda and honestly and earnestly seeks the mind of Christ. They feel the burden of a world full of hopelessness, brokenness, and separation. And they live as though heaven on earth was really in their grasp. They live as if the world will really change and that they play an important part in that. 
what kind of church are we being shaped into? What kind of church are we going to be as we grow together, as we grow into the future? If we are honest and we look back, we've probably been both at at any given time. We've been stubborn in some areas and responsive to God's leading in others. Faithful and scared, struggling to reconcile the two. Scared of change, but eager to really make a difference. Because churches are complex places. It's rare that they're one or the other. And we often find ourselves in this struggle of how do we leap into the future and how do we address the things that hold us back. I know that this pot has changed. But here we stand on the brink ready for God to shape us into a church that is functional art. A place that not only changes the world, but that inspires others to join us in that great calling. And what I am getting at is that we are at a time when God is saying to us, I can only form you as much as you are willing to be formed. It is a new time at First Baptist Church. Not because you have a new pastor. You know what? Pastors come and go, as you will No, but because God has been at work, God is at work, and God will continue to be at work forming us into something great for such a time as this. You can say amen. Won't hurt nothing. (laughs) And as I look at this church and I look at the needs in the world around this church, The world that God longs to meet. There is no clay better than First Baptist Church. There is no clay with more potential to really make a difference in this community and in the world than First Baptist Church. That's why I'm here. I wouldn't be here if I didn't see the potential for something so extraordinary and unique. Unique in that there is no other church that can do what we have been called together to do. God is forming us into a unique, one-of-a-kind piece of art. And our role is to let God form us into that. To be pliable under the hands of the potter. So we are called today to be moldable and willing to be shaped by God. We are encouraged to not harden ourselves against the creativity of God and God's desire to see us continue to answer the call of Christ to the transforming work of the Gospel and the ministry of compassion. Let us pray. Gracious and loving potter, we, the clay in your hands, offer ourselves up to you now.
We long to be that functional art you have in your mind and we strain to see so often. May we recognize when we are resisting and may we face the fears that cause that. May we recognize when we go into a thing with our minds already made up and help us to open ourselves up to the incredible God-sized vision you have for us. Help us to recognize when we say in our heart of hearts, that is too hard, that is too complicated, or that takes too much work. And help us to see that in God all things are possible. Be with us today and throughout the years we have together. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.